All right, let's clap it up, everybody. We're doing it. First ever live Run Your Mouth podcast in front of a live audience. So this is fucking cool. Uh, let's start it off. BK Chris is going to be joining me. And then we're going to be doing the, uh, the uh, you know, we're already taking down Bill Gates. We literally have his fucking social there, which can't be legal. <laughs> if, if you want to know how you get your YouTube channel removed immediately after you manage to crack a thousand subscribers, it's there. It's right there. Uh, and if any of you can somehow get some of he, he, there's no way he needs his social security. Let's get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that guy's got enough money. He doesn't need his social. Uh, all right. So, first thing I want to talk about is... Uh, uh, me and Chris, we th flew uh, Spirit Airlines. Have you guys ever been on that one? You grab a seat, dude. That's your mic right there. Have you guys ever... Uh, no? Yes. Yeah, it's... Um, well, listen, it was the scariest thing I ever experienced until Andrew got run over last night. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, Andrew got run over by a car. Um, to I, be fair, though, the cane is a good look for him. I'll be honest. Yes. He looks like a fucking mad scientist. He's running a violent Jurassic Park in the back uh, of this place. <laughs> Oh my God! When people yeah. see him come up here, they're gonna get that joke. It, but we did him a favor. He's better looking with the cane. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! His chick is right here. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck the shit out of him later. <laughs> Fucking limpy asshole. I'm gonna fuck. He can't get away now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you guys stuck me with this dainty microphone like an asshole. I feel like Bob Barker up here. Who wants to get spayed or neutered, guys? Let's go. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've never experienced that in my life where we're crossing the street and uh, someone from this area realized that both me and Andrew were Jews and just fucking gunned it. Gunned it. Uh, but let me I was unscathed. Unscathed. Totally fine. But I, I like, I, I picked the wrong... I should have been a Jew lawyer. I should have done that with my life. It was a mistake that I didn't because I instantly went into Jew lawyer mode where I ran after the car and I got a picture of their license plate. Right? And then I was like, we got to call an ambulance right now. You got to pretend like you're dead, dude. <laughs> you got to pretend like they got your back somehow. <laughs> so we got we got pictures of the license plate. I got pictures of the crosswalk. Uh, we sent them for x-rays today. And uh, hopefully we'll all get some of that payout money. I hope so. I feel like, I we feel like I did taste. enough that I should earn a percentage. Dude, yeah, you're a manager. A manager for uh, people trying to cash out on yes. getting run over by cars. That should be a Jewish job, right? <laughs> Have you ever uh, in per? I've never been with someone like in person when they got hit by a car. I mean, my little brother, the retarded one. Yeah, that's what. Ha that's how it happened. <laughs> Must happen a bunch. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Did he start off retarded or was it after? No, he got hit by it was the after car? he got hit by the car. Did he make money off of that? Not enough. My mom was on drugs. It's a bad uh, situation, dude. Back to Spirit Airlines. Come on, not enough about me. <laughs> that makes it for a great PSA ad for not doing drugs, like. Was your child made retarded by a car and you were on too many drugs to cash in yeah. on it? <laughs> Morgan and Morgan. All right, so I've never been afraid of flying in my entire life until I flew Spirit Airlines. And uh, I've never sat on a plane before and been like... I'd never been on a two-stroke motor plane before. It was fucking weird. <laughs> All right, first, like, off the bat, the plane was an hour late, and they didn't change, like, the flight time. They, like, they just kept saying on time once there wasn't even a plane in the gate. Like, everyone's lined up, waiting to board the plane, and it says on time, and there's no fucking plane there, right? Five minutes later, we get an email saying, plane's not going to be there for an hour. We're like, okay, this isn't a great start. They finally load the plane, and then they pull that move where you, like, finally look up, like, you go put your headphones on, you look up, you're like, holy shit, I'm still on the fucking tarmac, like... <laughs> <laughs> 
this is the amount of time it should take to get to Nashville, and I'm just sitting on the plane on the same runway. And then we finally take off, and normally I might overlook this, but the engine sounded like if something got stuck in your lawnmower. Like, yeah. right off the bat, it was making a noise. You're like, okay, I guess we're not taking off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that disconcerting where I was like, how is not everyone freaking out about this? And then I was like, and then I was like, can the pilots not hear this? Like, do they not hear the same engine that we're hearing? Yeah, they no, they had they had their headphones on. They were listening to Spotify. They were. <laughs> I almost felt like the reason the plane was delayed was they're like, uh, we're having a problem with the engine. Then at some point they're like, fuck it, it's only an hour flight. We can make it. And I've never been on a plane like, do we have to go all the way up? Like, can we just kind of stay low down? Like. <laughs> Like, how high up do we actually even have to go to, like... Yeah, how do we glide down from here? <laughs> how would you describe... It literally sounded like a, a broken uh Like, if, like if, a, if your barber dropped the clippers and then it, like, glitched out. It was like... It was fucking... I literally... I looked at it... I, we looked at other people on the plane, like, we're gonna fucking die, right? And they were all like, yeah, totally, dude. Like, it was fucking bizarre. And the the... The landing sound was even creepier. It, it sounded, sounded like, like locusts. The, yes. It was fucking. It sounded like cybernetic locusts scuttling aboard. It was like when we landed, it sounded like the wings fell off. Yeah, it was <laughs> like we barely made it, and then yeah. the wings. Fell. The other thing that was uh, disconcerting is usually when you're on planes, like the steward, steward disses. What, what's the steward man? What do they call them? Faggots. Flight attendants. They call them flight attendants now. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, they, I think they just call them flight attendants. The flight attendant on this flight. No, he looked like a, uh, like a linebacker. Where I was like, "Shit, these people are built for survival." Like, yeah. you know. Well, you know, they beat AIDS. You know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> I've never actually paid attention to the instructions. You know, like they always give you the like. Firstly, can you just give me the instructions once we're already moving? You know what I mean? Like, why do we have to like? Let's get moving. We don't need to wait for the instructions. And then the instructions. Like, let's get rid of them. If a plane were to crash, do you think anyone would ever get up like, oh, it's okay, I listened to the instructions. <laughs> I know how the raft works. I was paying attention. I, I took off my uh, flotation device cushion, and we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This half a boogie board, we're good. <laughs> the other thing was while... Hold on, yeah. it's weird. They tell you this whole thing. In case of a water landing, we were flying from New York inland. What fucking water landing are we getting to? Like, right. they still got to tell you in case of a water landing. He's like, "Are you guys gonna crash immediately? What the fuck is gonna happen?" Well, with a broken engine, you never know. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It yeah. was Sully style. Yeah, it was almost like a <laughs> cannonball. That was the last thing you said. <laughs> it was almost like a wink, wink. Like in the event of a river landing. <laughs> The other thing that uh, blew my mind in the airport was uh, there's always been bad social etiquette when it comes to, like, people coughing or sneezing or that kind of shit. I went into the bathroom, and there was some Asian dude who was standing by the sink, no mask on, and he's snot-rocketing into the sink. And I'm like, someone just needs to take this guy. You know what I mean? Look, I'll be honest, though. Can we, can we just say this? I can't yes. believe that guy finally got a shift off from Great New York Noodle Town. <laughs> At some point, <laughs> if we all have to wear, like, like there should be something for bad social etiquette for being out while you're sick. Y yeah, you should, I mean, look, it, here's the thing. No matter what you give a shit about COVID messaging or this and that, just like, yeah, if you have the flu, don't get on the fucking subway or a plane, dickhead. Like, that's like, that should be common courtesy. Fair enough. I'm yeah. not going to argue with if you If you're a that. boogery jerk-off, stay home. Yeah. <laughs> 
that would actually make for great government signs. <laughs> just like just, the, just the mutinex guy getting kicked in the face. Yeah. No, I just love that on like the side of the highway picture of Fauci's face. Like, if you're a boogery retard, please stay home. <laughs> Nothing more needs to be said about that. There were some other uh, airline hassles. I know you had a particularly, uh, you were annoyed that there's a lack of consistency for what you're allowed to put in or not put into your bag. Well, yeah, because I paid for the TSA pre-check, right? And just in general. Oh, wait, just... I'm sorry. Uh, this is me, ADD. How many of you guys have TSA pre-check in here? One person? Oh, a bunch of you. Are You guys aren't nervous to put your fingerprints into the system? I've been arrested a lot of times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. half of these guys have been in the army. <laughs> Anyone else just like, I don't want my fingerprints in the system. Oh. Yeah, I guess there's no way really around it. If you, once you get a gun, yeah. That's why I do crossbows, dude. <laughs> Hunger Games, exactly. Except I don't know how to use it. It would just backfire on me. I would not be cool. All right, so you were saying that you, you've paid for the TSA pre-check. But it's like... So you don't have to take your laptop out in LaGuardia or JFK, but if you're in Newark, your laptop's totally a bomb. Right. In some places, you don't have to... Dude, I got stopped in the Syracuse airport once, and it was literally like, they were like, you have food in here. And I was like, I have never heard this regulation. Like, I have food in... Yeah, you can't bring food without taking it out of your bag. Like, that's the stupidest fuck... What, what food looks like a bomb, asshole? I don't have a gummy hand grenade in my bag. This is a fucking snack. <laughs> and then they treat you like you're the... Like, you could fly every day of your life being the one airport where they have a specific rule, and then they treat you like you're the asshole. Yeah, they're like, how do you not know that you're not supposed to bring food in a plane? I was like, what? Like, how do you not... Like, you have to do this. I was like, that's the... No, you don't have to... Nowhere else... Like, that's when you start big digging them, like when you're in a small airport in Syracuse. You're like, look, I don't, I'll tell you how they do it in the big city, yeah. dickhead. In actual cities, I'll tell yeah. you, they don't care <laughs> yeah. about your Snickers bar. Uh, the other thing I've learned for myself is I have the same bag, actually a Ridge Wallet bag, awesome backpack. And uh, What's the promo code? I, I don't have one, but I should reach back out to them because yeah. I do love that backpack. I. Uh, but I use the same bag at all of my gigs, and when I go on gigs, fans are pretty cool, and they give me drugs, and then I put them into that backpack, and I've learned I need to, I need a flying backpack and a non-flying backpack, because as I was leaving, because I checked in, and I thought I pulled out, like, I had vape pens, I had all sorts of good shit. You guys, come to Connecticut, we can party. Uh, but then I found, like, I was like, I gotta do one last search, and I was pulling, like, Prozacs out of, like, a little pocket. Who cares about Prozacs? I, I don't know. If you just got loose pills in your bag, I feel like they're gonna be, like... Literally, the way you get loose pills is you tell your doctor, hey, I'm getting on a plane, and they're just like, here's Xanax, dick. Oh, so I guess it wouldn't have been as much of a problem. Basically. All right, well, if you're also a drug user, just have two backpacks and buy them at Ridge. That's what I was trying to... Sure. Uh, Trying to do an unpaid sponsorship. You clip this out and we'll save it for later. Yeah, and maybe... Oh, and then we'll get the money? Yeah. It's a confusing thing. Yeah. Uh, Nashville's an interesting city. I feel like if I actually spent like a couple weeks here, I could figure out how to get laid. Uh, Dude, Robbie's been close three times since we got here. <laughs> so, so close. I mean, just in New York, no one talks to me. In Nashville, people actually get drunk enough that I become interesting to yeah. them, I guess. Dude, he we were in Dixon earlier at a bar, and he basically called a girl a whore, and she talked to him for an hour and a half. It was... <laughs> 
insane. He goes, he goes, what's up with this stupid shit on your arm? Like she had tattoos. He's like, what are you dumb? And she was just like, what? No one's ever spoken to me this way, sir. Like, I wish I was actually that cool. So I'll go with that version of the story. <laughs> But Nashville, it's one of the only cities I've been in. I don't know why you guys became like welcome dumb slut city. That's like, like firstly, those stupid bars that are on the road to play music so you can scream at other people like you're cool for pretending to bicycle while there's a bar there makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Dude, it yeah, it was like the worst weird stripper presentation. Yeah. They should like reopen and like an Auschwitz in Nashville and just bust those things in <laughs> and get rid of those people because they're not necessary to humanity. Yeah. yeah. Auschwitz hot chicken, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're laughing, it's a gas, Rob. <laughs> So what happened in Nashville that you guys became like, this is the place to bachelorette party? Because I haven't seen too many cities where there's a strong ratio of more women to men. Shitty country music. Is that all it is? So shitty country music brings out dumb bitches. Fuck. I gotta start playing that shit off my porch. (laughs) (laughs) Just see if they it's like zombies, like if they make too much sound. Alexa, get Rob a banjo. Oh, so it's attracting a very specific kind of dumb slut that's into country music. I don't even think they're necessarily into country music. I think they want like a weird fantasy for the weekend. They just want to get cowboy fucked. <laughs> Tie them up and shit. I got to dress like a cowboy boot sheriff the next time we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just get the boots, you get the hat, and you just kind of... Like Billy Crystal and City Slickers. Yes. <laughs> just a Mets cap and boots. You just be like, you patch the Ritz here to party? I don't know. I'll have to work on it. I don't know that that's the smoothest entrance, but... Yeah. No. yeah. Call them varmints. <laughs> I just feel like if I had uh, three weeks in this town, I would figure out exactly how to, like, where they drop off those dumb bitches at the end of those rides. The airport. <laughs> Get out. We're done with you. All right, any other uh, hot takes on Nashville? If not, maybe we'll uh, dig into this uh, Bill Gates presentation. I kind of want to just talk to some of these guys real quick. Can we do that? Absolutely. I want to know more about this dude who I called a psycho during this. uh, (laughs) I'm so curious about the 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 friendship between these two guys right in front of us. It's very strange. How old are you? I'm 37. He's older than you? Holy shit. Did you suck his life force out? (laughs) What the fuck happened? I was going to say, the only thing creepy about this guy is how good-looking he is to be in our audience. Well, no, he's that good. He looks like a fucking hot gay dude, and he's just got a fucking gun on him. He's the only one open carrying. You wait, you got to... You got to... You have a gun on you? I didn't even notice. Of course Damn. that guy's got a gun on he him. He looks like me? he has a gun on him, and I didn't notice it, Rob. He looks like he's a fucking FBI agent who came to take this down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He, he looks la- just based enough to pass. <laughs> if he wasn't bald, I would have thrown him out of here. And then we got this guy who's the most Legion of Skanks looking dude. He's got the tat. He's just the most gas digital dude. He's like, I just follow you guys like the dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we had a dude traveled eight hours to beer, which is fucking awesome. Hell Stop yeah. pointing that guy out. He's like annoyed that you keep doing no, this. No, I think it's fine. I like that someone fucking traveled. Like that's that's. I've never traveled eight hours to see the dead. Like that's that's, that's cool true. to me that someone show up eight. I mean, I'm sorry. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> now it's been a good hang, dude. And he and he makes crystal meth, so like he can handle. Oh yeah, you're a chemist, right? Yeah, he can. Wait, what is your actual? I he, I know he like kind of brush. What is your actual chemistry job? What is it? Aerospace sealant. Aerospace sealant? How fucking good is it if you huff that? Uh, That's got to be way better. That's like crack of modeling glue, right? <laughs> All right. I think uh, the home audience can't really see them, so pick one more that you want to, you know. I just was curious about those things. I, oh, I, need, I needed to get to the bottom of this guy, and, and I still haven't. He's a mystery to me. <laughs> yeah. All Word. Right. So let's uh, kickstart this party to get my YouTube channel canceled. Uh, and it's an honor to have on the show once again CPU God. If you see him limping, it's because he actually was run over by a car. That was not, we didn't make that up. Dude. Uh, and you are all now witnesses you, to the you fact that, sit? that he can't walk or function. So, you know, you might get your letter that you have to show up in court and help us get this payday. Uh, but. CPU God has been on the show before. He did an unbelievable presentation, if you haven't seen it already, uh, about the back-end software that is being used to make the uh, with the Elixir Pass and how it was a perversion of the blockchain and how dangerous it was for our health and well-being. You uh, mean the Excelsior Pass? Well, the, I, the, the, the new rollout is not that, but when mm -hmm. they were talking about doing it, it was that. Yeah. Uh, and so he hit me up that he wanted to do a presentation on Bill Gates. Now, what's interesting about Bill Gates is for a long time, I was not... Let's just, round of applause. Who thinks Bill Gates is, uh, like, charitable versus... Okay. <laughs> versus who thinks, like, he's actively engaging in population control. Okay. So for a while, I was a sucker to his sweater wearing, hey, I just like reading books everyone the else read. Net, the malaria net shit. Yeah, the, hey, I'm drinking a glass of water that I made out of human feces so that people can have water. Like, I saw him around. Dude, it was like, remember in Tank Girl, that weapon? In, did anybody else see Tank Girl? Am I just a fucking dickhead? Remember that movie? There's a fucking scene in it where they have no water and there's just a weapon where the guy stabs it in the guy's back and it extracts the water from his blood and he drinks it. That's fucking Bill Gates. I'm not Watch familiar. Tank Girl. It's fucking dope. <laughs> fucking Ice T plays like a kangaroo mutant. I it's like fucking it weird. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. Exactly. Yo, I'm fucking kangaroo mutant and then rape cop. That's it for Ice T. <laughs> <laughs> Some say it's the same role. As to, as to how Ice T had as good of an acting career as he did, dude. He must have snitched on somebody. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna throw it out there. What were we trying to say? Oh, yeah. So, Bill, Bill Gates, Gates, I was a sucker for the sweater wearing. Like, I was like, this guy's worth billions. Like, I'm a big fan of the free market bringing value. I know, like, Microsoft, it's been okay to me. I know that people are annoyed by it, but I don't like Apple, and it's the only other option. Like, I just didn't, I wasn't like an anti, it just sounded too crazy that a guy who's got $70 billion and seems to be traveling yeah, the globe yeah. doing charitable work is actually secretly... You know, like the most evil person ever. It just it sounded a little bit too out there, right? Uh, then though, it, when the divorce stuff started coming out, right. it's you started to see through the cracks a little bit. Where there, now there's stories about how like he's hitting on women at work, 
you know, and that like he had this arrangement with this other lady that he got to go meet up with her. And ha- by, by the way, now I'm just describing him as being cool. But uh... <laughs> dude, if you if you're the richest dude in the world and your arrangement is you get to go fuck your ex, you're not cool. Okay. That's the least cool guys. You gave me nothing on that. That's the least cool. Po- Imagine being worth fifty billion dollars, and instead of saying to your wife, "Hey, I'm gonna fuck whoever I want," you're like, "I'm gonna fuck that girl I already fucked." Well, That's terrible. It was it was partly that and partly weekend getaways at Epstein's Island. So you know he was doing it. No, but then there was a story about that chick that he was banging, and uh, like they were out on the beach. This was before he was rich, and he was like, "I can see a pathway to five hundred million dollars. I can't see how I get past that." And to me, I'm a lazy person. 500 million, I don't need anything. Like, that's it. I'm never working again. Are you like kidding me? I'll fucking do heroin until I die. I'm done. Like, I did it. I'm a, I'm a stupid human being. So then that's when I already realized, like, okay, this guy operates differently than I, you know what I mean? Like, that's a different, you know what I mean? That's a hungry power individual who's operating differently than I am. So, like, I can't project my kind of thoughts about life onto this guy. He's like a different thing. I can't understand it. So I'm a lot more open to the idea uh, especially as I know that he's got tie-ins with the vaccines and everything that's been going on this past year. So I'm a lot more open to the fact that this guy is actually an evil dude and he's invested in population control. So with that intro, I'm going to hand it over to uh, CPU God, who, uh, firstly, thank you for building this room for us and the whole thing. And thanks, everybody, for coming. This has been an awesome event so far, so thanks, everyone, for, you know, making the trip and how did you get a social is that public information or are you just that good at hacking it was the very first thing that i searched for on alta vista when we got broadband internet access when i was uh 10 years old the first thing i did i was like what the fuck is his social security number and funny thing it's actually out there what at 10 years old i wasn't as interested in that but i was starting to be (laughs) Um, social security number was a thing I had learned about like a week before I actually His discovered. name is William Henry? Henry William. That's oh, that right. guy's for sure evil. Are you kidding me? Well, and the other thing is he's totally up to something. That's the thing. I want to make that really clear from the very start. This dude's up to something. And so, like, if anyone's got some confusion there, all right, that's the thing we should all know and start out with. Because he's got a history. This dude is coming from two parents who are both very big. That looks like someone shaved Big Bird. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So this dude is like a lot of things to a lot of people, but look at that. Look Look who he's buds with, right? He's friends with Rockefeller, George Soros, Ted Turner. This is like a 2001, like, charity thing um and these are the they're like terrible wives like underneath and you would think that if you were that wealthy you'd figure out how to look better you know what i mean like that almost looks like king john un if he like was whiter like if he did the michael jackson thing to his skin i uh, like you know what i mean like bezos and uh like the new modern day billionaires have figured out how to like spend their money to look like human beings Bezos looks like a monkfish now that he's done the HGH. I'm fucking done with that kid. I think Bezos of the billionaire, like, I, I, I almost feel like he seems the most human because he just straight up traded in his wife for the Mexican chick and now he wants to go to space. Like, I feel like that's what I would do if I had billions, you know? It's like, he at least seems like a human being, whereas Musk just, I don't know. He, does, he doesn't strike me like a person. 
So like, you know, his father, you know, Bill Sr., Big Bill, he was a multimillionaire. He was the head of a very big uh, legal firm. He was also best buds with Anthony Fauci. We all love him, right? Oh. Okay, I gotta ask, just like, yes. Can we just give Judy Woodruff a pass? Jesus Christ. <laughs> she seems like a nice lady. All right, so just to, uh, this is a single picture of the two of them together. What other evidence do you have to say that Bill Gates Sr. and Anthony Fauci were, like, pals? Well, Bill Gates Sr. You got to talk to you, you might have Oops. Hold yeah, on, I mean, his finger is clearly in Fauci's ass. It's going to take us out. So Bill Gates Sr. Um, was the person who kind of came up with the idea of becoming more powerful from having philanthropy going on in your, you know, in your personal life. And so Fauci was the recipient of a lot of funds from not just Bill Gates Jr., but also from Sr. Um, the reason that they're pictured together here is because they collaboratively worked together to... Is David Rockefeller too short to appear in the picture? <laughs> Barbara Walters' huge head is uh, getting in the way. Barbara Walter looks like I would smash in that picture, dude. Her legs were, oh, her legs were fucking stupendous back in the day. Then you got her as mom, Mother Mary Gates, who was a very interesting lady. She um, served on the board of several banks in the 60s, which is pretty progressive, right? And then was the president of the United Way. And then she had an interesting meeting with the IBM CEO, and then the next week they signed a deal with Microsoft. I don't know. You're saying she sucked his dick, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm, I just I want to make Nancy sh- Reagan vibes for me. Right? <laughs> totally. She looks like a thin mother goose. <laughs> like if Mother Goose got her shit together because she needed an office job after a divorce or something. I. Uh, all right. So she runs a school for prostitute receptionists. <laughs> All right, so I got to ask about Mother Mary. So this is Bill Gates' mother? That is his mom. And so she helped create Microsoft? Well, you know, Microsoft was a very fledgling company for the first 10 years. And um, what it appears is that everything changed after she had a meeting with the CEO of Microsoft. sucked his dick. uh, Of IBM, I mean. Because they both served on the United Way. So they were able to really get together and figure that out to, you know. Okay. Robbie, you have IBS, right? (laughs) Yeah, okay. So IBM is the irritable bowel master. They fucking control you through your butthole, son. Dude, are you telling them Microsoft's responsible for me not being able to eat sandwiches and leave the house? Fuck Bill Gates, let's get him right now! It gets even worse than that, actually. All right, all right. Luckily. So these uh, two parents of his, they made him a pretty smart kid, and he ended up at this Lakeside Academy thing, which is like a very exclusive kind of... Sounds like a canceled WB show. Exactly. (laughs) So look at all the pretty trees or whatever and then you know they were one of the first schools in the country to have a computer and uh they had two terminals for that computer as look you can at see this fucking mung look at his fucking dumb face <laughs> i kind of like his hair <laughs> so yeah it's paul allen to his left and then uh that's bill gates staring into whatever um oh not there yet so then he went to harvard and he uh, dropped out, as many people know. And uh, it's in order to become the worst person on the planet. Um, that's essentially my theory. Um, there's not much more to say about him, because right after that, he started doing Microsoft, and then everything got shitty. 
and then everyone started to hate him. My personal hatred of Bill Gates began around 1997. Uh, and I think around that time, yeah, we actually have here, is Microsoft the great Satan? You actually can't maybe see the... Yeah, maybe we can fix that. Can you fix that? Oh, shit, so, is this a time machine? Yeah, dude. So this is from 1997. I read this article when it came out because I'm a computer guy, so that's great. Um, and, you know, the question's being asked right there. Is Microsoft the great Satan? And uh, the... the the basic premise of the document is no, they're just doing everything that all the other companies do, but really well, which is dividing users and taking away their freedom. And that should piss off everybody in this room. Um, now, when you say dividing users and taking away freedom, I feel like what's Linux is the thing that like, I, I just feel like that's tech shit where you're like, we should all be using the fucking penguin software mm -hmm. that is more open and isn't DOS or whatever. I need this entire room to, Acknowledge the fact that Robbie shitting on Linux is the equivalent of just throwing a kid in the pool. Like right, like, <laughs> like right, like that's kicking sand in a dork space for Robbie Bernstein. Like, come on. Because no, I'm at like I I can't relate to looking at Microsoft and being like they're dividing us by making me use it. Because to me, like I remember when kids in high school, like people like you were getting into the Linux shit, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and I was just like, I don't fucking want to learn. Are you kidding me? I got to like sit down with a book to figure And they'd be like, you know, you don't understand. It's so much better and it's open. And I'd be like, I don't know. I just press a button on this and then I'm at porn. No steps, right? <laughs> Linux, there's steps. I need a book. I don't want a book to get to porn. Just give me the fucking porn. And so Bill Gates came around and he's like, just, and, and by the way, and I, I gotta be, I find Apple to be annoying personally. Yeah. Like I, 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 like when people were here, I'll just, here's my number one shitting on Apple. First and foremost, you're paying for less tech. Like if you get a PC with the same specs, it's going to be significantly cheaper. And then at least back in the day before Google docs came around, you always had to still pay for all the Microsoft stuff because that's what everyone used in an office. And then fucking once you're used to control C control P and all of those simple fucking things. I don't know. I don't have to go off an Apple. So I, I hand it back to you to go, what about the just Microsoft software? Do you think like limited, I guess, software development or was like actually really bad for everyone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can actually just kind of go to the Microsoft section because I have a whole section for Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The reason Microsoft is terrible is because they're the reason that your computer sucks. And I think that's a very important thing to point out because in the 90s, we didn't really care about that because we weren't really thinking about what else could be done on the computer. Bill Gates was the guy who said, these are the things that you can do on the personal computer. And the problem with having Bill Gates be that guy is that he's responsible for some of the worst things about computers. Nothing used to crash or hang before Microsoft came around. And that's a fact. Um, they claim to have invented so-called multitasking, but it just, just leads to crashing. Question. Before Microsoft existed, wasn't the only program on a computer that turtle that drew shapes? <laughs> that in the other Microsoft office, that wasn't Microsoft, yeah. I mean, but so, you know, this kept on biting him. Um, you know, I have to actually go over to the mouse to, like, play this video, but... Yeah. This is worth seeing. Was Dragon's Lair on computers before Microsoft? I remember a shitty little triangle that wasn't even as good as Snake. I remember that. 
second grade when they got like the mic uh for some reason they wanted to do the macintosh computers and it was just a really shitty computer anyone, anyone know what i'm talking about yes. in middle school well you would porn a minute how old are you Let's plug it in it's going to say hey i see you've plugged in a new device and it's going to load in the appropriate drivers you'll notice that this scanner build whoa they couldn't even stop themselves from being able to show off their software correctly like in live television moving that right must, along that must be uh, this never happened with apple not, not once and by the way absolutely absolutely apple sucks like i have no like interest in promoting apple but at least their shit didn't crash and hang now the other big problem is that microsoft is the one that introduced the idea of paying money for software and that sucks, man. Like, think about how much money we all have spent over the years on something that we can't touch and we can't see. I do have to, but I, I would think. <laughs> no, I'm going to make the opposite argument, though, that if you're creating value in a marketplace and so you figure out how to actually monetize what you're bringing to the marketplace, I would say, well, good for you. And then if it's actually of value, so the fact that there's money and it's monetized, you have more of it. So. What is it that's bad about figuring out how to monetize software? The problem is that... Um, I knew there was a fucking dumb penguin. That's right. But here's the thing. This entire event today, right? Everything that we've been doing has been done with free software. I didn't pay a dollar for anything, and it's all legal. And the reason is because for the longest time, there's been a hobbyist kind of layer of computer nerds who aren't evil and also have good ideology. And what they typically will do... Exactly. No, but for real, I mean, exactly. They're going to be people who want to contribute to a community of users. And so everything that we're doing here today, including the video encoding, the way we're doing broadcasting, the operating system that's running all of the computers here, as well as like even my graphic design program, I think, uh, yeah, my lights controller software, and even the fucking thing that made this presentation happen, we're all free software. And free software's been around longer than paid software's been around. I, honestly, OBS is a great software. It's a omnipresent bowel syndrome. It's, 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 it's where you shit everywhere up. All right, so just to lay out what I understand your theory to be. Yeah. People like you, for example, you're doing an entire presentation tonight on Bill Gates, and you're not being paid for it. And I'm sure that you've even developed software or things that you thought would be helpful to other people without the idea of getting paid for it, but because you're like, this will help other people, and so I kind of just want to build this thing. Yeah, and also computers are fun. Okay. That's the thing. So No, no, I get that. You it's can't like, stop someone No, it's doing like for it. me, I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of free comedy. Mm -hmm. I just have, and it's because I love it, and I do like hope to get better and get paid, but like, I understand the idea of like... I mean, I've also done... So, not a lot, because I'm a shitty person. I've done some volunteer work. but So I understand the concept where you're like... I'm making a contribution. So your theory is essentially that there's a lot of people like you that would be developing good software for free, but that for some reason Bill Gates figured out how to both monetize the software and box you guys out of the market to bring free stuff to people. I think the issue is that he made it a market requirement to participate. But that's really the problem so here. You gotta, what do you mean by that? So Microsoft um, made it an all-or-nothing proposal. You had to either completely accept every term that they had, or you couldn't participate at all. But now, but isn't part of that, and uh, 
he figured out how to dominate the market where since you're buying his computers, he's got the leverage of the audience of people that are buying his computers. So to me, that's still just good business where it's like, listen, I've got the audience. And if you want to get to this audience, you're going to have to pay me a cut. Yeah, that's the exact problem with Bill Gates is that he is a very effective communicator of exactly that lie. And that's that's the thing that he's convinced most people in the world that this is a good thing, not just for the markets, but also for people. And unfortunately, it's not true. So we can talk about why Bill Gates is always a problem no matter what industry he's in. But let's talk about his recklessness because that's exactly the problem here. It doesn't really matter if he's dealing with, you know, malaria or if he's dealing with computer viruses or if he's dealing with even COVID. He's a reckless guy. And so what he does often ends up producing a lot more problems and solutions. So when it came to uh, Windows, right, the operating system that Microsoft made, they tightly integrated that thing into the internet when it was first coming out. And a lot of people at the time thought that was very irresponsible. And it didn't take long before viruses came around. Microsoft is literally the reason that we have viruses today. The very first virus, which actually can be seen happening in real time on this screenshot here, is called the brain virus. And it was a thing that slowed down your floppy drive and then it gave like some phone number you could call in East Pakistan to uh, get it fixed. And this actually really inspired a lot of people. Most notably, I would say, is John McAfee. I'm going to get up and I'm going to play this video. It's definitely worth everyone right, seeing. R.I.P. the God, John McAfee. <laughs> didn't kill himself. <laughs> also did not kill himself. That these network effects that Bill Gates was causing was not good. So check out what he was able to do. Just by the very virtue of Bill Gates' existence. The reason that oh, the government wanted to collect me was that after they had... Ra- My friend is talking. Oh, uh, no, I see... <laughs> uh, Mr. CPU God, you might be the most brilliant computer person of all time, but just to educate you on podcasts, if you don't talk into a mic, no one knows what... Like, the online audience won't know, so we gotta, you got to travel with your mic. Here's the mic. Uh, oh, that's a good point. Shoot. Hey, I get it. You were run over by a car, so... No. It made my brother retarded too. <laughs> Wait, you gotta go back to the video. Yeah, the, I'm going the back. Caffey man. Where are we? Sorry, it's hard to do. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Where? Damn. Okay. I just want to say this about John McAfee. That motherfucker. It was banned from seven countries. That uh, so I'm in a room full of libertarians. That's pretty fucking cool. Seven governments were like persona non grata. Whatever you think about the fact that he ate shit out of a hammock. Jungle shot fucking, my dog. He was the man. All right. Destroyed a half million dollars worth of my property over a bogus charge. I was pissed off, and so I, I donated uh, to many secretaries within the government laptop computers, really nice ones that were preloaded with viral. Spyware. Within a week, the entire government computer system was in, under my control. I was watching, monitoring, listening. I was looking for information that they had set me up for that rape. The thing he's trying to say here is that he knew that everybody was running Windows in the government. And he knew that because of that fact, he was going to be able to produce viral spyware that would be able to go to all the other government computers. This is something that Bill Gates knew. He was no dummy. He was, in fact, a very good programmer. But so was John McAfee. He actually worked for the NASA for several years as one of the software developers for the uh, fucking things they shoot into space. So, like, he's no dummy. 
And so these two people both existed in this world at this time, and they had this knowledge. And they didn't want to share it with the rest of the world, right? Now, John McAfee did it for, I would say, some good reasons. But what did Bill Gates do it for? So right. what, what is the uh, particular knowledge? You're saying that both of them, as great software developers, knew something that no one else did. What, what's the thing? Well, that whoever controls the one platform that runs all your computers, they can you know, do anything to one computer, and then they can replicate it to all the other ones. It turned every single person into the same identity and t- has the same weaknesses. So you, know, you would think like in the 80s or 70s, right? you get a car. Everyone's car has different problems, but... In the 80s and 90s, Bill Gates made a product where everyone has the exact same vulnerabilities and problems. And so it meant that it didn't matter if you were like a car mechanic or if you were a federal government employee. You could be hacked into and broken into just like the rest of them. And um, Bill Gates knew that he could have made his software secure and prevented this problem. But he wanted to be first to market. See, so this is a bad example of capitalism. This isn't how we want to behave as you know free individuals. So I just want to make sure I, I have this right. Yeah. So Bill Gates is creating a software, and he could. Cre- I'm not a software guy, so he could create the software where it's not cookie cutter, and so therefore a single virus wouldn't like work on every single computer. That's right. But since he wanted to get it to market quickly, since it is cookie cutter, if you get into basically one computer, you can be in all the computers. And so that's a major flaw in like the not individual kind of software system or with no changes or no variations is that one single hack hacks everything type. Okay. And you know the problem there is that if you know that much, then you also know that you could protect your people by keeping them safe by making software that has security protocols built in. But it took him 10 years to actually make anything that was even interested in preventing that. And so that means that all of us in the 90s and the early 2000s, we were all being digitally raped. I mean, like, you have to think about what this meant. We all were being spied on in those times, and no one knew it. Nobody knew it. But he knew it. John McAfee knew it. And um, he kept on using that knowledge until it ended up uh, supposedly with him dead. But who knows? I think it was all the shit he ate. I'll be honest with you. That's what killed him. You can't just keep eating shit. Wow. Also, you can only be that awesome for so long. Like, yeah, dude, if you just sit, yeah, dude, if you just sit back in a chair and you're like, yeah, I fucking hack the CIA, and let me tell you, I own all their shit. Like, you're asking for it. Like, whatever microwave things they got that can kill people, wherever the fuck they are. Dude, I asked him. I asked him what his favorite drugs were, and he rattled off 17 things that I never heard of. <laughs> and he's like, if you mix, and you sell drugs, so sell drugs. That's my whole job. <laughs> So he later went on to remark about Bill Gates, something about his penis size, and how that was related to the fact that Microsoft was named that way, um, which I always thought was interesting, because this was like, I don't know, about a year before he died, right? It's an interesting thing to follow up with. Like a pretty good roast joke. To be fair, at the time, he was in a Dominican prison, so he was seeing some large penises. I mean... (laughs) So then the other thing that I think Bill Gates is terrible for is he made up this term, walled gardens. He actually used it for the first time in an email that he sent out to employees at, um, at Microsoft. And this, this won't be so interesting since I didn't show you guys the article yet. But this is why no one can read shit anymore at the New York Times, right? Because what he did was he not only made it so that everyone had the same thing on their computer. He made it so that there had to be some way to prove that you paid for it. He wasn't content with just having the operating system on all the computers in the world when, they, when you bought them. He also had to come up with some dumb way to be able to like 
figure out, hey, here's this intangible thing that you had to pay for to make it work. So what he did was he said, hey, let's make Windows not work by default. And then you can make it work if you give it the right product key. This is exactly the same thing that New York Times does today with paywalls, where by default, you can't read the New York Times. And you've got to like jump through hoops and be an idiot and pay for the New York Times to be able to read their crap. Okay. Does that create a structural problem within software that the default is not working? Like, is that the theory that like you've created something that default mode is not working, and so building off of that, it okay? That's right, and so it builds like in welfare state. Uh, yeah, a no, weird otherwise, hierarchy. Uh, otherwise, right? it's just it, it, um, if there's not some technical issue of building off that framework, it just sounds to me once again like it's decent capitalism where you're just figuring out how to monetize what your product is. Yeah, sort of. And so there's, I would say, some human elements to this, which is that, you know, there have been people who've tried to really expand the universe of um, software for the good of the people that live in certain places. And so this is a guy, Peter J. Quinn, who was the former chief information officer of Massachusetts, who passed a bill um, to basically adopt a free standard that was an alternative to Microsoft Office, and it led to an intense media campaign where he was forced to resign from his job. And there were a lot of people in the standards world from you know the early 2000s who really defended this guy. Because what he was trying to do, according to some of those guys... Wait, that wasn't Dr. Zismore's website right there? Who's oh, that? That's a fucking super <laughs> local fucking ad. Fucking, I'm an idiot. So... He really wanted you to sit in that bomb. Holy shit. He got you back for uh, like He was like, you know what? I don't do comedy, but let's just let that stinker sit. <laughs> I, I, was, I was on board. Um, wait, so uh, just interesting question here. Yeah. So essentially, I guess there isn't really intellectual property for software per se uh, because that wouldn't be covered in the same way as like other patents. And so... Like, because right. part because when it comes to software, part of it is just the idea of like, oh, it'd be helpful if I could sit on a computer and use this similar to a uh, a typewriter. So Microsoft Word might have a very particular software in order to do that. But to get to the end result, it's almost like if someone invents a car, so I can invent a different car. So when this guy comes around with a free version of the same thing, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's almost like if I was the first person to ever do stand-up comedy and someone didn't steal my act, but they were like, oh, that's cool. You can stand up in front of a room and tell jokes. You see what I'm saying? Like, they're not stealing my product. They're just saying like, oh, okay, that's like a useful service. So this guy looks at the service and goes, oh, I can recreate this as a free version. And what would, I guess, display the fact that there isn't real capitalism is that he somehow managed to get this guy shut down while he's just creating a free version, which is not, it doesn't sound to me like it's a, in any way a violation of like what we would, like the norms of like the free market, even if you believe in intellectual property. That's a good way to put it. So with Microsoft, right, there were a lot of people that made word processors and things like Microsoft Excel before Microsoft made them. And uh, so they really can't be credited with having invented any of these ideas. But what they did do is they said, hey, if we locked down this stuff and made it proprietary and made it so that the next version of Microsoft Office can't read prior versions of Microsoft Office, then we're going to have this continuum where everyone's always going to be investing in our crappy software. And you know the problem here is that we now know the implications of looking at um, content that's on the web and then not knowing whether it will be there the next day. And so the standard for ODF, this op open document format that uh, this guy wanted to get through Massachusetts, it was all in an effort to make sure that nothing disappeared 
from you know the time period that these people were all working in the state of Massachusetts. And so we've seen examples like the like Donald Trump's Twitter where that's a freaking gold mine. That's like the presidential library of Donald Trump. We're never going to get anything closer than that, you know? And it's gone. And it's like they just demolished it like the library of Alexandria. All we're going to have is uh, audio of him going, "My tweets were so good, okay? No one was better at Twitter. I did it the best." <laughs> The problem here is that he never goes away. This guy had to step down in order for his own bill to continue to pass and go through the, the state of Massachusetts. But then he was ousted as the IT head of Ohio for similarly bizarre reasons. And then once again, he had to step down after the Department of Education in New York City opened up a so-called ethics investigation. And you have to keep in mind, and I'm sure these two on the stage are going to know this well, Common Core is something you don't fuck with in New York City. And and Common Core is something that Bill Gates is very responsible for doing. To explain, Common Core is just a, a new public school that makes sure that kids graduate without knowing anything. <laughs> that's all. It's like a Common Core of knowledge that's nothing. Like, that's it. It's uh, Dude, I, by the way, just to speak to that scam, when I was in high school, they did the region system. Do they have, like, standardized testing in that? Whatever. Okay. One year, I'm a dumbass, and I failed the math regents, Right. But lucky for me, everyone is so much dumber than I am. The entire state failed the math regents. Literally. You can go look. I don't know what year I was in high school, but this really happened. And so they had to – what they did was they apologized and said that we accidentally made the test too hard, right? We (laughs) fucked up, and the test was too hard, and they curved it that all of a sudden I had like an 86, right? And everyone who was dumber than I am also passed. And that's like, that was the system before Common Core. It's, uh, I don't know why I decided to tell everyone how dumb I am at math, but all right, back to you. Well, you know, Bill Gates is one guy who is not dumb at math. And um, in fact, he's a genius at it. And, um, you know, you would think that someone of that nature might have a bit more social IQ. I don't know. Maybe not. But so let's talk about some of the things that's Microsoft's fault. First of all, I think Excel sucks. I think it's dumb as hell. So I put it up here as the first thing that I think Microsoft's terrible for. This isn't Minesweeper? Uh. Yo, it is even worse. Okay. So we've got, we got Excel here, which then was responsible for the media industry's consolidation. Before Microsoft Excel, no one was able to just look at all the financials of different companies and figure out, hey, how can we speculate on the mergers and acquisitions market? Microsoft Excel made that possible. And the very first company that took advantage of it was the media industry. So CBS, Disney, NBC. Uh, the, all these different companies you see in this in image here, they used to all be separate companies. Dude, and in this chart, they all look like COVID. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, all right. I, I got to ask on this one as yeah. well because I've worked, uh, you know, I, or at least I pretended to be functional at financial jobs and sales jobs. And Excel has been like a critical tool for us. Right. Uh, and it would seem to me that like, I guess from a capitalist standpoint, having a new technological tool that would allow companies to better evaluate other companies that are worth merging with doesn't sound like a loss to the economy. Not at all. No, it's a good thing, in fact. But the problem is that's really the only thing that Microsoft actually offered with this product. And what we led to is, I mean, look at the results. Like, does anybody think that's a better outcome in capitalism than what we could have had otherwise? This, okay. I I just want to make sure I'm on board. The claim is that Excel allowed companies to better analyze the financial of other companies, the result being that more of them merge together 
because they could better understand what the other company's asset values were. Right. And so now we're at a loss because more the companies are becoming bigger, whereas before they never would have been able to merge. Basically, yeah. I mean, basically the financials of companies that were easier to read and easier to put into the system ended up being problems for these companies because they ended up being easier to acquire and understand you know, what the financial situation would be for those companies. Can I just say, based on this chart, with Disney being that big, right? Like, it just, doesn't it just make it easier for all of us to avoid adults who really like Disney? <laughs> and I think that's a net benefit. I mean, I think we should really accept it. Those fucking Disneyland fucking people are fucking gross, right? Oh, if- my God. How fucking creepy are adults that, like, there are people that that's their one vacation every year as they go back to Disneyland. His name's Mike Nice, but uh, <laughs> how creepy is that? People, like, adults are that fucking obsessed with Dude. It's the fucking grossest thing in the fucking Celebration Florida, go fuck yourself. You've got to be there to look at other people's kids. That's the only reason <laughs> that you would be that obsessed with going to Disney World. And even then, just go to Epstein's place. It's fucking cheaper. <laughs> we'll get and to him later. You can actually touch the kids. It's like, a, it's like the difference between a strip club and a brothel. Yeah, exactly. All right. Sorry, you were making intelligent points. Well, my, my next intelligent point is just to point out that, you know, one of the big mergers and acquisitions that happened as a result of Excel was that MS... NBC happened, and many people here might not know. MS in MSNBC is Microsoft. Can I just say, uh, <laughs> if I if I could have hair, I would rock Rachel Maddow's look. Like that's that would be my dream power haircut. You'll finally get to eat all the pussy you ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think it's just important to point out that like one of the most disgusting things that people could actually visit right now on those cable frames, television. Th- those glasses frames, right? The Warby Parker, is th- that's the problem. <laughs> Yo, he probably is invested in Warby Parker, if I had to guess. But. So, you know, this kind of leads me to the bigger problem that we have here today, which Microsoft is more than any other company responsible for introducing to our world, which is that they collect a lot of data on us and they use their media company connections to be able to do it. Um, I have to get up again and bring my microphone over there. So this is going to be worth seeing. It's just insane the kind of data that Microsoft collects on people. Don't trip over your own cane. Will do. (laughs) I mean, it would have been funny, but not worth it. So it's really, really bad. All right. What they do and what they collect on us is more than any other company on the planet. And here. How great would it be if that guy who just got up to go to the bathroom just just loud. Just, <laughs> just, just, just giant. Well, I actually can't move that image as I thought I would be able to. But so, like, you can see there on the left, you got, like, Google and Facebook. They both admit that they collect, like, their name, the gender, birthday, phone number, all that stuff. Now, if you could see Microsoft, it's, like, Bill Gates' is like cranium. It's, like, right in the center. That's, like, where the Microsoft column is. It's just filled from top to bottom with Microsoft's logo. They collect everything, guys. And it's actually not just the stuff that's obvious. Location, relationship status. They also collect your muscular skeleton data. They collect your facial recognition data. And they collect your fucking voice recognition data. And what products do Microsoft make that uses that information? Who even knows? They actually buy it from all the media companies, which no other tech company in the world does. Only Microsoft's allowed to do that. All right, what do you mean allowed? There's 
actually pretty strong regulations against this. You really can't just go and collect data from other people and then cross-reference it. That's actually illegal in this country. Right, now, I'm so actually not saying that's a good thing, but what I am saying is Bill Gates is somehow able to take advantage of that and use that data when no one else can. This is the best and creepiest piece of evidence you've brought yet, so I'm, I'm behind it. Well, it gets worse. I think. Oh, that's the last one. Yeah. So, shit. You see, Microsoft knew you were doing this, and they fucked up your PowerPoint, dude. <laughs> Bill Gates. PowerPoint? That's their whole shit. <laughs> they used a free version of PowerPoint, right? Uh, yeah, this is actually, I, I would argue, better, although it is not working now. PC PowerPoint? <laughs> <laughs> Should we take a, a smoke break so you can reset it? Nah, I got it. Okay. So, it's very important oh, he's that everyone... Hitler. There's the proof right there. Oh, <laughs> this is very important that everyone knows this. Bill Gates is an asshole. And that's the thing that it doesn't matter, again, if he's like working on software or if he wants to like save the children from malaria. He does it like a fucking asshole. And I think that's one of the most important things for us to talk about. Jeff Bezos, he might be an asshole, but... You know, you'll see, like, the difference in how he, Bill Gates, behaves and all the other rich billionaires in tech. Even at summer camp, Bill Gates cannot behave himself. And um, that was actually a recent news article, but it starts out in February of 1976, where he writes a letter to, like, all the fucking computer magazines at the time. And he explains how, you know, people really ought to be paying for Microsoft software. But what he does is he, he uh, accuses all the computer people of what, what we do is theft, right? Now, what was the thing happening that he was so upset about? He made software that people shared freely. So they would make copies of the floppy disk and pass it along to their friends. Bill Gates was upset about this, even though it made him the dominant player in the computer industry because he made insecure floppy disks that you could copy. And he knew what he was doing. But he ended up uh, trying to use like the, um, the fact that people weren't paying for the software as some sort of an indication that he was being stolen from. But really, he just misread the market. He actually thought that hobbyists would pay for software, but they never have and they never will because hobbyists are the reason that your computer boots today. It's the reason you can press the power button and it actually works. Bill Gates didn't come up with how to boot computers. All he did was figure out what to sell you after he made that computer boot through other means. So, you know, this is something that starts out very young in Bill Gates's life. He's been trying to get people to pay him since he was a young man who left Harvard. And the problem with all of this is, how could that guy be the guy who wants to end malaria for mosquitoes? How could the guy who writes a letter, right, saying everyone should pay me, how could that be the guy that ends up actually wanting to solve the problems of the world you know, in Africa? I, I get you. So I, I'm, I'm just going to amplify Please. what you're saying, because now I kind of I get the logic, is that there were free activities that existed or people that would be doing things for free Bill Gates inserted himself in the market, and he's a good capitalist, so he figured out how to profit in markets that otherwise would have had more free or goodwill existing in them. So when you see him starting to pop up and pretending like he's a charitable individual in important fields, at least from a personality standpoint, it would seem like 
this guy must be inserting himself for profit. That, that's essentially the argument, is that it would appear that this is a guy who's good at figuring out how he can insert himself into markets and figure out how to profit off of things that otherwise might be free because he's actually really good at kind of playing the capitalism game. So let's not, let's not buy in that there's charity here or that he's doing anything for free. No freeness going on here, that's for sure. And it's also not well-intended, and that's the problem here. Yeah, he trapped all those little kids in nets for Epstein to get them. That's what NFTs are, sir. <laughs> By the way, so just uh, to, 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 so people can hear it, you're claiming that there was open source uh, items that he claimed as his own, and then it's almost like, let's just go to the uh, pharmaceutical industry. It's almost like if tomorrow uh, you took the ivory substance, we're already going to get banned. You took ivermectin, and you figured out, well, <laughs> how do I take this thing and be the only one who can produce it and profit off of yeah, it? Exactly like that. Okay. Mr. CPU God, back to you. Well, uh, I think that you'll really be able to see how much of a dick he is when I play this. This is his uh, TED Talk about, about malaria. For example, there's more money put into baldness drugs Rob. than are put into malaria. Now, baldness is it's a terrible thing. Uh, <laughs> Fuck Bill Gates! Uh, <laughs> and rich men are afflicted. Uh, and so that's why that uh, priority has been set. But malaria, the, even the million deaths a year caused by malaria greatly understate its impact. Uh, over 200 million people at any one time are suffering from it. Uh, it means that you can't get the economies in these areas going because uh, there's just, it holds things back so much. Now malaria is, of course, transmitted by mosquitoes. Uh, I brought some here. So you could uh, experience this. We'll let, let those roam around the uh, auditorium a little bit. There. There's no so reason that would actually be funny if he goes, have, have and experience. those mosquitoes uh, have malaria. <laughs> he never actually says that they don't. See, that's a really dickish thing to do. You're coming to a TED Talk. You're there presumably to support him. And what does he do? He unleashes mosquitoes into the audience? Like, I don't know. The fact that Ted Dude, even let him do closer. that. It's a really strange thing to do, you know, and, and you have to think about what kind of person takes advantage of his power by doing that, you know? And it just kind of, like, is a thing that follows into everything that he does. Did you guys know that his stupid billionaire pledge thing is optional? Like, he doesn't actually have to do it. Oh, wait, wait, so if you pledge to give the money, it, it's not like you have to, like, they, he doesn't follow up with you. you no. Said no <laughs> not, even, not even anything. Only two people have taken the pledge have actually done it, um, according to the Daily Beast, who's, like, not a friend of ours, right? So in the 2010s, he came up with this idea of, like, hey, let's have a decade of vaccines. And he actually spent a bunch of money to um, call for this thing at the World Economic Forum. Uh, who knows, like, actually what happens when he pledges something like that. But once again, there's a video. I don't know if we'll play it, but, like, he, he definitely takes advantage of all of the donations he gives to uh, buy favor, you know, within the public. And it really does work. Um, you'll, you can see here how, like, intoxicated everybody is by Bill Gates' money. Uh, when I play this video, you'll see he's just loving all of the 
all of the uh, praise he's getting. Um, and, you know, for what purpose? You'll see it's, it's not quite uh, friendly. It's now that we're going to start to get the last two vaccines that rich kids take for granted, the pneumococcus and, and rotavirus, and over these next five years, oh, we made a cop get them out to every child everywhere. Um, that means for the first time ever that we have equity in vaccines, uh, that we don't take the poorest children who are actually the most susceptible to these diseases, and the benefit of giving them the vaccine is the highest, and yet in the past, they've been the ones who don't get it. Uh, and so it, it really is uh, in the, the uh, achievement of equity, uh, this is a, a very important day. Now our foundation uh, wants to do its part, and so I'm pleased to announce to you that we're pledging an additional billion dollars uh, to Did you guys hear that one clap at the very beginning? That was Hitler. Hitler got the applause going. Oh my God. That All right, thank you. Dude, I'll be honest, as a comic, I'm just defending it at heart, how hard he's sitting in this fucking applause break. It's not every day we give away a billion dollars. So, it's just important for everyone to understand. He plants these people in the audience in order to get these reactions. And this is something he can do because he's uniquely wealthy. And able to do that. Hold on. Rob is poor as shit. He planted all of these people in this audience. <laughs> well, Rob has actual talent that doesn't involve evil doing, so that might be why. It's the IBS thing again. It's it's just it, splatter painting. <laughs> I think yeah, we might have left the mics a little hot. I think we did. Sorry guys. Well, it's important for everyone to know that he definitely felt at some point that he wasn't going to be able to get a return on his investment. So he actually start, started a couple of years into his decade of vaccines to call out that there might be a, a, a virus that spreads through a respiratory illness that could kill a lot of people. And he said it back in 2017. I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting because he's a smart guy and he knows what he's talking about. But we didn't know what he was talking about. It's also kind of funny that the Medal of Freedom looks like that shit Dracula wears. Anybody else? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what is the current Bill Gates up to? And, uh, you know, it's not good. Like, this is actually a very old picture that I found when I was like 12 uh, on the internet. People have hated Bill Gates for a very long time. So, why? Well... If you go to productplacement.com today, you wouldn't think, oh, that's Bill Gates' company, but it is. If you go there today, this is what you'll see. The Branded Entertainment Network, which is responsible for apparently putting Lizzo and Cheetos together. Um, this is Hold on, Lizzo put Lizzo and Cheetos together. Let's be honest. <laughs> see... We've all been taken for a ride. We used to see commercials to get our content paid for, and now they put the fucking products in the content as to potentially fool people. That's right. You guys can get Corona Premiere wherever <laughs> you drink fine beers. 
So that's a really bad thing that people who are actual capitalists that want to move the market forward, you would think, hey, let's make a better advertisement, not let's make a more tricky and more subversive advertisement. Right. Before we uh, start talking about Dominion, yes. I'd like to point out that they've got crazy lawsuits <laughs> and that maybe they're not the company to, you know... I'm just saying I'm pro-Dominion before you start this one so that you get sued and not me. Yo, Dominion Investments Group is a different thing than the oh, okay, Dominion voting machines, okay, yo. Yeah, fuck that's Dominion the thing. Investments. It's a weird coincidence, is it? Because when he started his investment capital firm, it was a $7 billion account, and it was only Bill Gates' money. And it was led by this guy, Andrew Loveless Evans. This is the best picture you can get of him on the entire internet. And what does he do? He raised his cars. He doesn't want to be really found. He's not all that into money. He's a convicted felon, in fact, for securities fraud. So am I. For a way cooler reason, though. His wife is also convicted felon for security fraud. They both spent several years in jail. And what is the connection that this guy has to Bill Gates? Oh, he's his friend. And he makes great pains to point out at this time in the late 90s, I don't get paid for this. He actually wants it to be very clear. I'm a money manager for Bill Gates, but I don't get paid for it. That's a pretty strange thing to see, right? So the media really caught on to this. And so they um, scrapped this company and they instead turned it into a company called Cascade Investment, which is now worth $70 billion. And what do they do? Well, this guy, who's a lot easier to find on the internet, has been delivering an 11% return that on Bill Gates' every money. every guy on the internet. <laughs> He's a lot wealthier, though, than the average internet person. So... Under this guy's leadership, he's allowed Bill Gates to become 50% shareholder in Four Seasons Hotels. Why the fuck would Bill Gates want the Four Seasons Hotels under his control? And it's kind of a weird thing, see? It's a really weird thing. Because I'm going to put some pictures up on the screen that really show how weird this is. It's not going to be nice. Do you remember those guys? I don't know who that is. Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, Bill Clinton, and some woman. This whole controversy of Jeffrey Epstein started at the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills. I have here a news article that was uh, published in 2006. You can't find this anymore, but it is on the Wayback Machine. In July of 2006, Epstein got his initial, uh, I get, what is that, like a, uh, what, what do you call that when the cops say what you did? Yeah. And then Diamond, that's it. So this happened in July, I think, of 2006, right? And then in October, Bill Gates ends up bidding with a bunch of other people to buy the Four Seasons just a couple months later. And who are these other people? You know, is what I want to know. But like they bought it, and you could see there, at 28% higher than the actual closing price of the stock, which is just crazy. To be fair, you've kind of painted this picture of Bill Gates as a megalomaniac, correct? Yeah. That's right. How do you know he didn't think he was buying the actual four seasons of the year? <laughs> I, only because this same thing happened in 2006. This woman, very connected to Jeffrey Epstein, ended up uh, getting hired at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The same year, by the way, as this picture was taken with Bill Gates and uh, Jeffrey Holy Epstein. Holy shit, their weird casual Friday prison photo is creepier than anything that's ever happened. <laughs> what the... F who is that fucking bald guy at the end, the fucking enforcer? It's a Russian dude. 
There you Yeah, that is a Vlad. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. And then you got Larry Summers there next to the uh, Epstein on his right. Um, you know, uh, what, the budget secretary for Bill Clinton, I think? Yeah. So the other thing that's interesting about Cascade is that they own 270,000 acres of farmland in the United States, which makes them the world's largest single owner of farmland, which is interesting because Bill Gates makes a bunch of money on things decidedly not very farm-like, like Beyond Meat and stuff like that. <laughs> That's right. There is no farmland in Tennessee that Bill Gates owns, which I think is curious and interesting. Now, Bill Gates has his other company, BGC3. This is 1% of his wealth, but this is where he does all of his crazy science experiments. Have you guys heard about how Bill Gates wants to release dust into the atmosphere to slow down global warming? In a way, it's very similar to the Mr. Burns idea, right, from The Simpsons. Well, that was a thing that really only Bill Gates could ever have funded because most people get the last 1% of their um, you know, income and wealth really looked at. But Bill Gates is 1%. It's like an enormous cascade of money. So he just does all this evil shit and he gets to hide it because he's Bill Gates. He is funding with this last 1% of all of his money Earth Now, which is a company that wants to put 244 satellites into the fucking skies in order to constantly spy on the entire planet in real time. He also, of course, made Beyond Meat. And um, it's just an abomination, frankly. Then we've got Luminous. As a, as a former fat, I need to give you a dab. <laughs> <laughs> this clip here, this is interesting. Luminous makes AI chips. In other words, what it means is that when you need to accelerate AI processes, Bill Gates has a company that does that. And this is the same guy who was quoted saying this, which is that I don't understand why some people are not concerned about AI. Well, I mean, you just have to look at what he's doing, right, and indicate that there's something kind of weird about how Bill Gates thinks. Because he's saying that, Bill, that AI is bad, and then at the same time, he's funding it. Look, but if artificial intelligence is as better as regular intelligence as artificial tits are to regular tits, I mean, I think maybe we should consider <laughs> that it's a good idea, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I'll take the counter-argument and say that if you have shitty tits, artificial tits are better. But if you got great tits, the great tits are better than the artificial tits. Same way, if you got access to a good bakery, right? I don't want some artificially processed fucking Twinkie shit. If I got no cookies... And it's two in the morning, the only thing uh, open is the gas station across the street, then the Oreos and the artificial stuff starts making sense. Now, I don't know how this ties back into whatever the fuck he's still talking about, but no, I'm kidding. I want to hand it back to you. Well, let's, let, I'll finish this little section here. So there's one big company that I want to go over, which is this Melogic company. They like to hide what's going on behind this uh, facade of like friendly faces all smiling at you, right? But this company is a co-investment with George Soros, the George Soros Economic Development Fund. And what they that did... Dracula. <laughs> he is the reason... Well, he doesn't have teeth, so he can't actually bite in. <laughs> He's sucking it out of your dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's this company that's responsible for why there's been like 180 million COVID-19 tests. They invented the $1 10-minute COVID test. And so these two men are very much responsible for why we're all here right now. I, I'm not sure I followed that last part. Oh, well, because so of there's course... there's a McDonald's menu for COVID? 
And Bill Gates, <laughs> Bill Gates was the one who funded and made possible all of the insane testing for COVID nineteen. Oh, that might be ramping up the amount of numbers. Right. All right. All right. All right. I because think really just trying to figure out how many of us do coke when they shove that thing up your nose. They're just like, oh, it seems pretty deep in here. You guys are being fucked up. There's the jury's still out on whether Bill Gates likes drugs or not, but it doesn't seem like he does. That's a good point. Well, so I think that's pretty much it, guys. I don't have much more to say about Bill Gates except that, you know, he's definitely somebody who is up to something. All right, so let's just – we'll uh, recap what I felt were the strongest points. So, one, it seems like he's very good at inserting himself into markets that otherwise there might be free goods in. So it would seem like he must be inserting himself for profit. Uh, And I didn't have it, too. And control. That's the main thing. He seeks total control over everything he does, yet he lacks the decency to do the things he does without being reckless. And that's the thing. That's very yeah, bad about Bill Gates. can't even control a Floby. The device created to control. Nobody knows what a Floby is? It's a you, device. It's a vacuum that cuts your hair. Yeah, look at his shitty haircut, Wayne's Rob. World? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the sun cut. Thank you. Yeah, fine. I thought that was a fine point. We did it, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. uh, In all seriousness, thank you so much to Andrew for hosting us here tonight. Uh, Fuck Bill Gates. If you've got more information for Andrew and building the case against Bill Gates and what exactly is up to you, you can find him on Twitter at CPU God. Uh, BK Chris over here has his incredible podcast, Notes of a Goon, along with HSR Radio. Uh, and of course, I am Robbie the Fire, and this was the Nashville Live Run Your Mouth. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night, everybody. Woo!